We thank the Lord for the message of Pastor Ray last, last week. And he is challenging us that we, are, we have that freedom in the Lord. And he gave us this quote. He says that we who are of Jesus are called to freedom. And it's clearly in the scripture, we cannot use that freedom to sin. But rather he says here what Pastor Ray said, we are called to freedom to love, to serve, and to pursue Christ-likeness. God set us free so that we can love, serve, and pursue Christ-likeness. And we thank the Lord for His message last Sunday. Before I dive into the Word, you know, I, when I first started my job, I was, um, when I graduated, I entered a small startup firm that will do advertising and online um, website and stuff like that. And, and I was exposed to the term branding. You see, branding is very important. Organization, businesses, and even today in online influencers value branding because branding or brand, is, um, it helps people to connect. Branding, uh, people identify themselves and they know itong brand na to ay maganda, maayos. Mga brand, all of us have, are exposed to different kind of brands. There is no, each brand have certain perception each brand, each product, pag nakita natin yung logo na to, ito ay maganda, ito ay palaging late. Parang ganun. Pag may nakikita tayo mga brand, let me give you an example. Ito. What is this? Yes, good. When you think about Singapore Airlines, what comes to your mind? High class. High class, what else? Expensive. What else? Best service, right? One of the top. I think I did Google yesterday. It's the second now. One of the top. So when you instantly see the brand or oh, Singapore Airline. Now, Cebu Pacific. Always late. Hindi ako sabi niya na. So my brand image, you have a perception. When I see this logo, when I see this product, ah, high quality. But many of us will not write this because of budget. We prefer Cebu Pacific. Kahit late, correct? Yeah. But if we have a chance, why not? Now, another brand. Sinong meron ito? Taas kamay. Okay. Sinong meron fake dyan? When you think about Blaze Beton, what do you think? Expensive? What else? Now, I did a study why this brand is so expensive. It says here, high product, standard, quality of material, durability, and it has a resale value. You can sell it again. After use, you can sell it again. Sabi ko ganun. And then, I did a Google. Malalaman mo kung ilan ang tahi. Kung kulang ang tahi, fake yun. I, I did. Sabi ko, oh yeah. So, brand image. Now, being a musician, I love this brand. Fender guitar. Now, once I hear the tone, how I play it, I pick it up. Even though there is a logo na Fender doon, malalaman ko kung fake o hindi. By the way it plays, I might hear, can distinctly say, it's a guitar of a Fender. So, the brand image, all of us have the way we treat things, the product. When we see a logo, we have that association. This is a good product. This is this is lousy, this is good, this is, 
it, it moves me. If I have a chance, I'll buy this. If I have a chance, I stay away with this. So, may mga ganun time perception regarding branding. But the question is this. If we talk about being a disciple of Jesus, what kind of brand that people would talk, think about us? Sa tingin mo, pag pumunta ako sa kaibigan ko, ano sasabihin nila? Anong dating? Is it, does it define us by this, na tayo ay Christian? Ah, Christian yan dahil naka. Or is it because may hawak-hawak ba yung time Bible papunta sa Marymount? Or is it because we face a, put a lot in our Facebook pages, our Bible verses after Bible verses, quote after quote, sasabihin, eto, sister na to, Christian yan. Or probably some because of the false teaching today, ang perception nila ang Christian ay mayaman. May mga false teaching na dapat lahat na Christian ay mayaman. Is it true? Not really. The Lord blesses. If the Lord blesses, you're rich. So ano ba ang brand image? When you think about it, what do, how do we say that as a disciple of Jesus Christ, what kind of branding do people say about us? You see, as we pursue Christ's likeness, as we seek to grow in discipleship, there should be a clear and a distinct character that should be obvious in our life. As we experience that conversion, that justification in our life, we've been teaching that the past few weeks, there should be a transformation inside our life and it will be manifesting the way we live in every people that we are interacting with. Today, what we're going to do, we'll be looking at the book of Galatians once again, and we'll be studying the closing remark of Paul. And in this text, we will notice how he compared himself with the teachers of the law. And as he compared himself, he's describing the kind of marks that he have. He said there, he have the mark of Jesus Christ. And as we look into this text, I pray that God will convict us and challenge us and remind us na meron pala tayong branding, that we are called to be ambassador and there's a certain lifestyle that called, God called us to be as He transforms us from inside. I have entitled this short sharing, Branded for Christ, and we'll be reading from Galatians chapter 6, verse 11 to 18, and I invite all of us to stand as we pray along with me. Branded for Christ, Galatians chapter 6, verse 11 to 18. Let us read. See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. It's those who want to make good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that we may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not, do not themselves keep the law but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world have been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. For now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon that you have brought us once again to look into your word. Lord, we thank you that we have an opportunity to walk through the book of Galatians 
And I pray, O oh God, as we would look and examine Paul's writing as he concludes this letter, I pray na magiging clear po sa aming lahat on what it meant to be a disciples. What is the marks? What, are, what brands us as your people? I pray, Lord, that you will work in each one of us. Help us. Convict our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, you illuminate your word, that we may understand your word clearly. Salamat, Panginoon, sa tanghaling ito. Take over right now, Lord. We need you. We need you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You see, for us to appreciate Paul's conclusion, it's good for us to be reminded why Paul wrote the book of Galatians. Let's just do a quick summary. You see, Paul wrote the book of Galatians to a churches in Galatia. And the reason why he was writing this is because he's refuting that the Judaizers, they are the Jewish Christian, na dating Jew na naging Christian. Why is that so? Firstly, it's because they were teaching at spreading a false gospel. They false teaching that you can be saved as long as you, you experience the grace and at the same time you do the work, which is against the teaching that Paul has been saying. He's telling the Gentile Christian, for you to be Christian, you must first be Jew. And to do that, you must circumcise. And then as you want to, as you want to be Christian, you must make sure also you must obey the law faithfully. Again, we know that's not the case. So that's what the Judaizer is teaching. And also, he's reestablishing himself, his authority, because people are um, bashing him. May basher siya. Natinitira siya of who he is, is his teaching. And the lastly, the reason why he wrote this letter is to call the Gentile believers to embrace the true gospel. That we are not saved in our own work, but simply because of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's doing. And as he concludes his letter, if you earlier on he talked about the right doctrine, now he's talking about himself and critiquing the Judaizers. Now, if you look in our text, we can divide it into a few parts. In verse 11, he started with what? He started by expressing the seriousness in the weight of his message. He said in verse 11, See, with large letters I'm writing to you with my own hands. So now Paul is saying that I'm writing the you with my own hands, large letter. In ancient time, one way to emphasize something that is important to you is the person who's the, the, right, the, the person who's sending the message, he will personally write. Now some of Paul's letter, he's not the one who wrote it. He dictated and someone wrote for him. But in here he said in this section, some scholars said this section, he's the one writing now. And as he writes, he's putting large letter. Why? Because he wants to put weight and emphasis on what he is saying. So siya ang sumulat. Kaya malalaki daw. Sabi, an Asian time, kung gusto mo emphasis, those time, walang bold, walang italic. Ngayon nakita mo yung italic, yung ganun ng font. Ngayon, last time, they would write big letters. And then follow on after that, he be, begin to critique the false teachers. In verse 12 to 13, he talked about them, and then 15 to 16, he have a personal evaluation of himself. And lastly, in verse 18, he concluded with a simple and personal closing. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. And then he concluded the letter with amen. Now, let's just dive in and look deeper 
on how he described the Judaizers, how he described these false teachers, and three areas that we will look at. He's looking at the motivation, he's looking at the, the conduct, the way they live their life, and he's describing also the objective why they're doing the ministry. Ito ay describe ni Paul ngayon, yung mga false teachers. So he's writing to the Galatians, ito yung mga false teachers. Pag-aralan natin motivation nila. Pag-aralan natin the way they live their life. See, first, it says in verse 12, it says there, If those who want to make good show in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised in only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. What motivates them to, to teach? They are motivated by fear. Why? Because of their leaders. They were afraid to be persecuted. Kaya sila ay ginagawa nila to. They were, so, the reason of that, they were driven by fear by Jewish religious leaders. Kasi nasa gitna sila, Christian ba ako? Hudyo ba ako? Hindi, hindi gitna na lang ako. E problema ito, mga Jewish teachers were bombarding, you better teach this. That they cannot be Christian unless they become Jew. So here, the motivation was fear. And what, what, they, what happened? Because of that fear, the way they reach out to people is by force. And the motivation is this. The reason why they want to do this ministry is because of what? Of self-preservation. They want to preserve themselves. Now, let's look at the conduct, how Paul described them. In verse 13, he says, For even those who are circumcised do not, do not themselves keep the law. Sabi ni Paul, eto mga tao na ito, magaling kayo magturo. Nagsasabi kayo mag-circumcise sila. You telling them to follow yung law, pero kayo hindi sumusunod. The conduct, Paul is telling them that they are what? Hypocrite. Self-deception. But what's the objective why they're doing this? In verse 13a, said, But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. The goal of these teachers of the law, these false teachers, is not to bring God, God's people to experience God, but to bring these people so that what? The motivation and intention is to what? To bring glory to themselves. The objective is what? Self-glorification. Now, let's look how Paul responded to this. Tiniran nyo muna sila. You know, I, 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 I do watch shows about yung mga law, yung mga palabas sa TV, about lawyers. After they did the evidence, they will study motivation. What's the motive? And here, Paul is straight to the phone. This is what, what you're doing. You, Judaizer, the reason why you're doing this is because you want to preserve yourself. You are hypocrites. At the same time, the reason why you are reaching out is because for your name, it's not really to bring people to God. But this is what Paul said. In verse 14, Paul made a strong contrast to his opposition. He said, But, for, but far be it from me to boast now, you are boasting with all your success. You're boasting of what you have done. But for me, Paul said, 
for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world have been crucified to me and I to the world. In this verse, Paul claims to be free from such selfish motives. He's no longer like those Judaizers or false teachers whose aim is to glorify in themselves, but his, his intention, his desire, his willingness to boast is in one thing that he's boasting in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, that in him he's been crucified. Now, what does it mean, yung world na to? The world means what? The present age. The enjoyment of a self-ambition of a person which is in the flesh. The things that's not from God. Distorted and fallen old nature. Now, I would like us to look at this statement. He says here, by which the world have been crucified to me and I to the world. Why did Paul say this? Anong hugot niya? Why is he boasting about Christ and why is he boasting about Him crucified? He's not like these guys boasting about what they're doing. You know what? It's for, good for us to go and study Paul's life. Ano ba ang hugot niya? Now, if you read in Acts 22, Paul is not a normal leader. He's trained, he's educated, and he's full of zeal. And this is how Paul describes himself. Then we will understand itong hugot niya. He says, sabi dito, I am a Jew. Born in Tarsus in Cilia, but brought up in this city. He says here, Paul said, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers. So he's trained being zealous for God as all of you are in this day. He said he's so zealous. He's driven, he's motivated. And his desire is to keep the purity of their tradition. And he continued on. I persecuted this way. Ang sabi niya, ako dati, educated ako, I am full of zeal, I even persecuted the church. I'm even persecuted all the Christians. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering them to prison, both men and women. And even the high priest knew that he was sent to Damascus to take those who were there to bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. So he's telling them his background that he was the, an enemy of God. He was persecuting Christian. He was killing Christian. He was so zealous in his ways that he's, he don't care ang gusto niya talaga tradition sumunod and he's killing everyone. But you know what? At the way of Damascus, this is what happened to him. But despite of his fallen and distorted life, God showed mercy when he encountered Jesus. Even he was undeserving, God granted his grace. Instead of death, God gave him a second chance. Unworthy, yet God gave him a new life and purpose. And God sent him apart to be his disciple and his messenger. Imagine mo, ikaw ay pumapatay at kalaban mo si Jesus at ang church. But God yet reached out to you and changed your life and called you to be his disciple, to be his messenger. I believe it broke him. Because he knew full well that he's not deserving of that mercy and grace. He's not worthy enough. He was an enemy, yet God showed mercy and gave him a new life. 
He understood the payment of Jesus when he died on the cross. And surely he knew the cost of following Jesus. That's why he said in verse 20 in chapter 2, he says here, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He don't deserve it. He experienced the mercy and love of God. You know, Jesus taught the disciples this in Matthew 16. Then Jesus told the disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Notice the difference. The teachers of the law are seeking self-preservation. But you know what? Paul is living a different life. He's living a life of a crucified life. And this leads us to the first point. He says here, to be branded for Christ is to live a crucified life. Paul was boasting in one thing, of what Jesus has done. And he understood the cause. And he's willing to follow because he's not deserving yet. God gave him a second chance. Paul is no longer tempted like the Judaizers and false teachers. He's no longer his selfish method, motives like these false teachers. Paul is no longer living in fear of man or to be judged by people, the standard of the world. Because he knew that it's no longer him live because he has crucified his flesh with the Lord. To be branded for Christ is for us to live a crucified life. What are the things that God calling us to put to death? Calling us to crucify? What are the areas in our life that God is telling us to, to remove in our life and to surrender to the Lord? Is God telling us to put off that pride in you? Or is it God telling us not to compare anymore. More. Is there's area in our life that God is telling us, tama na yan. Those areas that you have to put to death. We are branded for Christ and one area is to, be, to live a crucified life. We're no longer living, we're no longer living in the ways of the world. But we are called to live in the ways of God. And it calls us to crucify areas in our life. Let me give you an example. In ministry, there are areas that you have to crucify yourself. I think some of you, I used this, this story before. I was in the worship team, and I love worship team. Palapakan natin ang worship team. I was in the worship team. One time I was worship leading. Nagbigay ako ng lineup. Sabi ng isang backup singer, iyan na naman ang lineup mo. Sasabihin sa'yo, iyan na naman lineup mo. Bas, deep in my heart, sino ka? Who are you? I'm the worship leader. I'm the one who should be giving the lineup. You complain. Ang isip ko sa, sa akin, kung, 
complain ka, hindi ikaw mag-worship lead. Hindi ko lang masabi kasi si Mrs. Q yun eh. <laughs> hindi ko lang masabi talaga. Last time, no, all of us are in a process where God is calling us to crucify something. No one said someone have graduated in that area. I'm just telling my story. I was, last time I was, my identity was based on the ministry that I'm doing. I've gone through that process. I was first part of, eto dati, ang dami kong ministry. Kala ko, yung ministry defines my religiosity and how I can please God, but that's wrong. It's just simply because of my pride. I was in the worship, I was in the mission, I was in the youth. The first thing God removed me is in the youth. Sabi ng Pastor Jerry, huwag ka na dyan, malis ka na. I was devastated because my identity is youth ministry. This is mine. This is my kingdom. This is mine. But God removed me in that area and I was struggling. I struggled. And then suddenly, okay, well, huwag ka na sa mission. Ibigay mo na kay Mabel. And I said, another ministry down. I said, who am I? tested me. Mission is my baby. And then suddenly, I entered the full-time ministry. Okay, Ruel, let go of worship. You do other things. And worship is, is me. Ganun ang mind ko, is me. And God has to deal with me in these errors in my life that I have to crucify before the Lord because it's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. And this journey of life, there will be errors in our life that God is calling us to crucify and put to death. It might be pride. It might be your selfishness. It might be your selfish ambition or desire. Instead of seeking the will of God, you have your own plans. You want your own desire in not offering it to the Lord, humbly asking, Lord, is this your direction or not? There are errors in our life and to be branded for being a Christ, to be in Christ is to live a crucified life. And Paul recognized the reason why he is able to live a crucified life because he understood his, the mercy and the love of God that he received. He understood his love and responding, living back his life to him. They are errors that God calls us to crucify. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict us into, that we may surrender those errors. First point, to be branded for Christ is to live a crucified life. And second here, as we look in these verses, see what happened. Self-preservation, Paul said, yeah, they preserve, but I have crucified life. And the second part, he says, Paul described them as, as a hypocrites, self-deception. They were deceiving themselves with their false religiosity and righteousness. They told the Gentile Christian for them to be accepted, to be, um, to be Christian, they have to obey the law. But Paul said clearly in the text that even though you do this, you're not keeping them. Mga hypocrite kayo. nag-iisip ako, I was stretching my imagination. Why did Paul able to say that? Is it possible because he was once one of them? Nadati siyang teachers of the law that he was... Or is it possible na none of them can really have 100 mark? 
kahit magturo sila, none of them can really have hundred mark. Kaya tanong mo sa katabi mo, hypocrite ka ba? Sige, tanong mo. For we'll give you an example, it's easy to teach about prayer. But it's one thing to do them. I can stand up and scream, Church, let's pray! Pag-uwi ko, nanonood ako Netflix. My wife knew. He knows what's happening in the home. I can teach about prayer, but I'm not praying. Madali magturo. I can teach about grace and mercy towards other people, but I will go back home and scream to my wife and my children like I have no grace and mercy towards them. I can, you know, it's easy to teach about servanthood. Come on, church, let's wash each other's feet and serve each other. Pero pag tinawag ka, ayaw mo, namimili ka, gusto mo mag-serve pag nasa leadership position ka. You will not serve doing other things. You will only serve when you're recognized or in your leadership position. You know, it's easy to teach that. It's easy to teach about love and forgiveness, but it's another thing to harbor anger and bitterness. It's another thing to worship the Lord, but uses our lip for gossip. I worship Him. Careful. Kaya tanong mo ulit sa tabi mo, hypocrite ka ba? Tanong mo sa akin, Pastor Roel, hypocrite ka ba? Tungi, one, two, three, go. Tungi, there, one, two, three, go. Oo. Oo. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. Because many times we think that we have reached there. The, these teachers of the Lord, they elevate themselves up that they think they're perfect. But behind the thing, they're not doing it. And this leads me to the second point. Look at how Paul was responding. You see, to be branded for Christ is to always be dependent in the work of God in our life. Because for us to live a life really pleasing to the Lord is not in our own strength, but the work of Jesus Christ in our life. If we try to do it by ourselves, we will fail. But if we rely on the power of God, He will help us. He will help us. You see, in verse 15, 16, he says here, For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor circum- uncircumcision, but a new creation. Now, this word new creation, God formed a new people, the church a new people. He's saying that Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free, males and females, even different social status, are part of this new creation. And this new creation are living in a new way. He says there is connected the new creation as, uh, that walk by this rule. Ano tong rule? The benchmark of how they should live, of their belief in the standard of their lifestyle and faith. And if you look at Paul's writing, what is this rule? What is this benchmark that how they should live? It's simple. He's telling them, and if you read the whole context of Galatians, he's telling them that we, our belief, our benchmark is simply this, that we are saved through faith in Christ. 
That's because of Him we are saved. And not only that, He's telling that in chapter 5, that as we have been saved through faith in Christ, we are also experiencing the grace of God, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to change us and transform us so that we may live a life that pleasing to Him. Notice how he wrote Galatians. He deal with the doctrine. And after that, in chapter 5, he talked about the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. How God will help them. That we need from that justification that we, that we have off, that we have taught from the past few weeks. There's another aspect that we should never forget. Sanctification. Here's the justification when we are, when we are saved. When we are converted. And then this part is sanctification. We grow in our life. Not by own strength, but by through God. You see, sanctification is an ongoing process of growth in conformity to the image of Christ. And it requires not because of ourselves, but simply the work of Christ in our life. Yielding ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. Abiding ourselves to His Word. This is what He said in 5. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Interestingly, in verse 18, he said, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What does it mean? You know, many of us, like Christians, we make boundaries. Eto. This is the commandment of God. We will only do until here. I'll give you an example. If my wife will give me and tell me, I need to go grocery. Can you send me $50? Magkano ang papadala ko sa kanila? Sige. Saan yan? Hindi sila? Lagot ka. Siya, isa lang. If she would text me, Ruel, honey, send me $50. Magkano papadala ko sa kasi mag-grocery siya. Ano? 500? Sura naman. Magkano? 50? Walang lesser? I will send 70. Bakit? Sa kanya na yung isa, iba. You know, sometimes we just follow that. God said this, I will just do this. But you know, when you're walking in the Spirit, you will do more. He will do more. You give your tithes, but because of you are a cheerful giver, you love God and love people, you're not restricted just the 10% that we often talk about. You will give more. You love to serve. You will not limit your time. I'm darating sa church, mag-serve lang ako two hours. But if because of the Spirit of God working in you, you're not dependent on the that boundary, but you will do more exceedingly because you are because of the God's working in you. That's why Paul said, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The Scripture said, love your neighbor. You will do more rather than love, you will serve your neighbor. See, this is what Paul is emphasizing. He said, this Judaism, mga hypocrite kayo, do you boast on what you have done? 
But I tell you the truth, I am, will not boast. My boasting is this, I am dependent in the work of God in my life. See, to be branded for Christ is a call of continuous dependency for God's saving work in our life. Lastly, Paul mentioned that, see, from the, the deception to, he, to him is dependent on the Lord. Now, the objective here, Paul was describing them that the reason why they're doing this is for their glory. And we read that earlier on. And this leads me to the third point. To be branded for Christ is not for our own glory, but to live for God's glory. Look at verse 17. He says here, For now, oh no, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear the body, the marks of Jesus Christ. What is these marks? In Greek, it's stigmata. In ancient times, slaves and, and soldiers were, were stamped. May alam yung may pinapaso o may marka dito to identify that they belong to Him. When Paul said the marks of Jesus Christ, there's two areas that we're looking in. Firstly, one is this, the mark of ownership, and the second, a mark of service. A mark of ownership, Paul recognized that he's no longer living by himself, but he has a master. And you can read that in his writing in Romans 12, uh, Romans 1, he says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. He recognized that he is a servant of Christ Jesus. And in Galatians 1, he introduced himself as what? And even explain, if I please men, then I will not be a servant of Christ. He knew full well to whom he belonged. Mark of Jesus Christ. Tanong mo sa katabi mo, kaganino ka? Kaganino ka? Sagot mo sa'yo. Kaganino ka? Are you living for yourself or are you living for God? He understood his life belongs to him. He don't deserve it again, but because of the grace of God. And the mark of service. You know what? He's showing all the marks now. He's putting this in the end. Kayo mga Judaizer, dada kayo ng dada, I will show you the mark. And he says here, he gone through affliction, hardship, calamities, beating, imprisonment, riot, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, and the list goes on. Paul points to his scars as a proof of his sincere and reality that his final evidence against the false teacher is that he really lived a life surrendered before Jesus. He was once an enemy. He was once part of them. But now, because of Jesus' mercy, he received the grace and love and he surrendered his love in us belonging to Jesus and is doing what God has called him to do. And he's following. And he experienced this. If Paul was driven, I was just imagining, if Paul was just driven for his glory, probably he have given up. But because his goal was to please his Savior, he continued on, even though it's hard. He continued on, even though it's hard. You know, I believe one thing. As we mature in our discipleship, 
we will experience scars of conflict and persecution and hardship. Personally, in, in even ministry. Kaya kung kilala mo yung katambi mo, hawakan mo yung kamay, sabi mo, wow, tingin mo kung smooth yan. Sabi mo, kailangan mo ng lotion. We often teach this. But oftentimes, we neglect to teach the reality of discipleship. We will experience scars. We want our hands, I would just, I'm speaking figuratively, huh? We want our hands to be smooth like a baby, untouched, clean, maayos. But if you would read the life of, of, of a Christian, we will go through hardship, persecution. At times, we just define our life in our conversation, in talking, but, you know, as you mature, you experience physical, emotional discomfort as we follow the will of the Lord in our life. I'm telling you, I was messaging a brother. He said, in, he told me, you know, well, the time will come, it will be harder and harder. And it's true, it becomes harder and harder. And as church, as Living Word Fellowship, we must be prepared. We must be prepared to face the reality that discipleship following Jesus in times to come will be harder and harder and we must be able to face that. You know, in our school, I have a privilege to listen to their testimony. And one of them, who's my teacher, and one is his wife, he said, he gone through tough times. They started with nothing. And when they were in the church, his, the older church that they were on with, they were political sila. Firstly, they were sent to mission field that was in the 70s. To a very ulu ulu, you know ulu ulu, ulu ulu place, secluded place. Ay pag sinabi ka usap mo mga Singaporean ulu ulu, secluded place, tago. They were sent to a very secluded place in Sava, because they are not not married. San sabi nun pastor nila, oh not married ah. You go into both go mission. Okay, get married now. Tomorrow you go fly to to Sava. Ganon. Nagmeri sila, alis punta sila sa Saba. And then when they landed there, they were persecuted. And the villagers went there. Better leave this place or you'll be persecuted. And after a few years, they left. They were so rejected because they have not done much in that place. They have that scars. And then they reached back he said, maybe I will go Bible school. So they were sent to the Philippines, sa APTS. Pero walang nag-support. Yung church, sila hindi nag-support. Bahala ka maghanap. But they persevered on. They went in and they studied. During people's power, sabi nila, kaya ang hirap daw pumunta sa Baguio. And then they started a church there. 
And after that, they return back. They do a lot of ministry, but there are times that they fail and they get frustrated and they have to pick themselves up. They have to be disappointed. They were hurt many times. You know what? They continue on. Why? Because they love Jesus. They love Jesus. And as I listened to the story, they're my principal now. I said, wow. Why? What keep you doing the ministry after you have gone through? You've been na politika ka, naganyan ng yas niyo. Why you keep on doing this? You know why? Because they love Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we have to mature in discipleship. We cannot always have that smooth baby hands, but we have to exercise that. We are called to have that rough hands, and we have to understand that we will experience persecution and conflicts, and more is to come. But we thank God that He will empower us so that we be faithful to do His will in our life. And when you have that wounds and scar, instead of saying, "Lord, back it," just thank Him because He's sharing your heart to you. Paul boasts. In the mark that he have, the mark of Jesus. The reason is because he know to whom he belong. To be branded for Christ, as I summarize, is to live a crucified life. There will be errors in our life that God has called us to crucify and put to death. To live a dependent life on His. Saving work. To be branded for Christ is to live for God's glory. Look at the difference here. At the bottom, I, I put a summary there. This false teacher are focused on themselves, but this Paul is focused on the Lord. And I pray that being a Christian is not about this. I pray our definition is not is not just putting cross or carrying this, but may our branding, may our image be defined by this: a crucified life, a life that being led by the Holy Spirit, a life always living for God's glory. Let us pray. Panginoon, salamat. For reminding us this day of who we are to you. Forgive us a time that we are, a time that we have become complacent. And many times we like are like the Judaizers. But as we look at your word, we see the how Paul responded. That his boasting is in you. I pray, Lord, as a church, that our boasting will always be you in any success, in anything that we have done, Lord. Lord, I pray that we will always be point to you. And also pray, oh God, remind us that we cannot do it by ourselves, but we need your saving work in our life. That you are continually saving us. Thank you for the just justification. But now in this process of sanctification as this change, Lord, I pray that you will help us that may we walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. 
Lord, I pray that you convict each one of us so that we may desire and yield to your Holy Spirit that's working in us. And I pray, Lord, that our objective always is not to glory in ourselves, but to glory in you. Salamat, Panginoon. At this moment, I would like to take time as the worship team are singing this song to just come to the Lord and say, Lord, I glory in you. It's about you. The reason we are here is because of you. In Christ alone. So 
you, God, that our boasting will not on ourselves, Lord, not what we have achieved, but our boasting will be in you. What you have done on our life, that you have saved us, yet we are deserving. You have filled us with your great love and your mercy. That our boasting with our lips and with our heart will be you. And that also be seen in our life as we surrender our life to you. As you walk in your ways. There will be moments, Lord, it will be tough. But Lord, I pray the motivation of our heart is to bring you glory, to honor you no matter where you put us. Not for us, but for your name. Salamat, Panginoon. Lord, may we be branded in you. That our identity, purpose is found in you. Salamat, Panginoon. Holy Spirit, if there's any errors in our life that we need to be crucified, let your word reveal it. Let your Holy Spirit expose it so that we may surrender it to you. If there's any in our life, Lord, that we become a hypocrite, Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to work in us so that you will transform us from within. Not walking in the flesh, but in the Spirit. At times, Lord, we try to think that we have achieved but by our own, but remind us all that we have, all that we possess, comes from you. Salamat, Panginoon, and we glory in you. We worship you. Hallelujah. For the last time, let's just sing that chorus. In Christ alone, I place my trust. I find let's raise our hands to Him.
Lord, I clap off. Hallelujah, we give you glory. Let's just raise our hand and receive the benediction. To him who loves us and had freed us from our sin by his blood and made us a kingdom. Priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we thank you for what you have worked in our life. And Lord, let our boasting will be you alone. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Just turn to your neighbor and tell that person, let's give glory to our God. God bless everyone.